Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us. I hope you all had an opportunity to look at the night sky or look at this morning sky to see Mars shining bright and shiny in the western sky, or at least that's where I see him in the western sky as he's setting. Although I also saw him last night on my way home, <coughs> excuse me, uh, rising uh, just after the moon uh, in the uh, kind of the southeastern sky. So it was kind of a beautiful show with the uh, with moon and Mars kind of traveling close together, the moon being in the sign of Taurus and uh, Mars being in Gemini just behind it. So that so right now Mars is just trailing uh, the moon a bit. So if you find the moon, look just a little bit behind it and you should be able to see the planet Mars. So uh, that has been my inspiration these last couple of days is actually being able to see something like that in the beautiful sky as we've had clear air here, clear temperature or clear uh, skies at night, even no uh, big cloud things going on. So we've got to take advantage of it while we have that. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about the moon and where she is, of course. We're going to take a look ahead at the week. We have some interesting transits going on. And we are also going to take a look at Capricorn energy. And I think you're going to find it really interesting to see where in human design Capricorn begins. And that is because we have both Mercury and Venus this week moving into the sign of Capricorn. And literally just another week or two before the sun follows the two of them into the sign of Capricorn. So we have a big theme going on. Uh, in all of our lives, and it can be one that we all need to look at and need to understand. So we're going to talk about that. But first, today, we are looking at the moon being in Taurus. And at the time I drew up the chart this morning, uh, the moon was just one degree shy of a conjunction to Uranus. And Uranus was 0.6 of a degree, like points of a minute, not even of a degree, but of a minute before he was exactly conjunct the spot of the lunar eclipse that we had on November 8th. So if you can remember back that far and what kind of things were opening up or closing down for you, then the planet Uranus coming into conjunction with that spot can add some revelation some aha moments to the day, but also having the moon getting ready to come into the conjunction with Uranus also sort of cements the fact that we might have some kind of revelation going on today. Interesting, yesterday I was at my daughter's house and the, my two daughters and I and my husband, we played the transformation game. I don't know if any of you all have ever heard of it, but the transformation game is a very powerful tool uh, for self-transformation. It, it gets kind of magic-y, wondrous when you play, almost as if there is some higher um, <laughs> cement dimension or some higher spiritual person playing. Maybe your higher self is playing the game uh, or your angels. We have, there are a lot of angels in the game. And one of the things that I kept getting uh Throughout the theme, uh, I kept getting was uh, uh, was revelation, 
like aha moment or an aha or a revelation. And I thought that was an interesting word to be coming up because of uh, the weeks uh, starting with the moon coming into contact with planet Uranus. So we have the conjunction to Uranus that'll happen here shortly if it's not already in action. And we have the square then also to Saturn. So the moon will be squaring Saturn and then coming into a sextile with Neptune later in the day. So we have some sort of, we have the moon in a sign that is taking us through energies like gratitude, grounding, practicality, simplicity, sensuality. And then we have it connecting with planets that are uh, changing up the game, uh, calling into question, you know, where we are stuck, where we are not moving out of our comfort zone. And then also, where are we not being self-loving? And you're going to see self-loving becomes a bigger theme as the week goes on. So when the moon is in Taurus, we're dealing with all of the issues that are of a Taurian nature. So I just named a few of them, but we also have wealth or money, right? A banking, all of the economy in, uh, information, our material possessions, you know, are ruled by Taurus. So resources, etc. cetera. Uh, values, values that you have or that you're carrying, but also the value you have of, for yourself. So it's the valuing of the self and in the valuing of the self, the need to have some boundaries, perhaps strong boundaries, uh, or some boundaries, if you're someone who's boundaryless and making the most of your natural gifts and your talents, right? With that, that your value doesn't rest necessarily in what you do, but in who you are and who you are being in every moment. So we, we get to work with that during uh, the moon's transit of Taurus. Then we also see Taurus as a sign that rules all the senses. So the senses like taste and touch and smell, um, that uh, affection, love, right? Being, you know, wanting to touch one another, uh, the, the creature comforts of the world being, you know, Taurus uh, as a sign, you know, or wherever Taurus happens to be in your chart is a sign where you want comfort, right? Where you might be sensitive to smells or tastes or touch, how things feel, how fabric feels. Um, sounds right nails on the chalkboard can be just very irritating so and that is partly because the moon in taurus is calling up all of those physical senses it's not the the sixth sense it's not our intuition necessarily but it's all of the things that the body can sense or the things that the body can feel and then in that as well we bring up contentment happiness the feel good right and in there, we, you know, we might have the senses playing into a sense of contentment through, say, you know, massage or through lighting candles or changing up the atmosphere of a room um, because of our ability to be sensing what it is that we need to be in peace or what it is that we need to be in tranquility. There's also a distinct impression or a, a distinct appreciation for the natural world in Taurus. It's an earth sign. So getting outside maybe in, you know, the grass, although here it's pretty frozen outside. My husband sent me a screenshot of his uh, 
temperature gauge on his car and it was 24 degrees outside. Now, I know a lot of you live in very cold areas of the country, but for us, 24 is cold and it's dry. So it feels crackly cold, you know, where you take in the breath and your, your sinuses burn kind of cold. Uh, so, but having an appreciation for the natural world, looking at it through a different lens as how can I appreciate the cold? How can I appreciate the way the ice on the grass is sculpted by the winds or, you know, all kinds of things. How do the leaves look on the ground because of ice? Um, even just getting out, taking a walk or being in the fresh air. Reveling in life is another one of the keys of uh, the moon in Taurus. Finding satisfaction in even the smallest of things. Taurus takes us into an appreciation of simplicity and of the small, right? Not having to have these complex sort of um, big things in order to feel good and... Uh, <laughs> Um, oh my God. Uh, then also we're looking out for the lower sides of the energies. Tom, we had sun overnight. <laughs> okay. Uh, watch out for rigidness, rigidness, rigid opinions, um, being stuck in the past or being stuck in a rut, right? Being uh, unable to move out in, into new territory. This could be sluggish energy. Taurus energy isn't necessarily high energy. It's it's not that it's low energy either. It's just sluggish. It doesn't, it takes a lot of momentum or a lot of push to get a Taurus moving or to get that part of our chart in motion. Uh, so it can feel sometimes like a place where we are stagnating. Uh, or where we're holding on to people or to things or to beliefs. And interesting, as the North Node is in Taurus, the North Node being the part of our collective now pushing us in a new direction, helping us to see where we have been kind of stuck or stagnating. And that is certainly a theme that came up in my life last week. And without even the moon being in Taurus, it was a big theme in my in my life. And me feeling like I was not happy where I was anymore. I was not happy doing what I've been doing. Uh, feeling sort of uh, the words I kept hearing was not relevant. And struggling then with that feeling of what do I do? Who am I? The very basics, you know, 61 years old and I'm asking the question, who am I? who am I, right? Who am I in the grand scheme of things? And what do I want to do? And all of this type of thing came up in my field. I'm wondering how many of you might have been struggling with some of that same theme. I can't believe that theme just came up out of oblivion, right? It, it's got to be something that uh, is part of the collective, maybe the collective angst at the moment is really trying to become more authentic and to be the expression of your truth and not as I have found myself being or attempting to be something that I'm not. I, I, I'll tell you one of the things that really triggered me, and it seems so small now that I look at it, but it really took me down a dark rabbit hole, is that I happened to go onto YouTube because, you know, I got to a thousand subscribers. Yay. I was so excited for that because then I could monetize my channel and I could make some, you know, extra money, like an extra little stream of income. And then I, realized what ads they were putting on my videos. And I, yeah, yeah, they're all about Bible uh, apps, um, 
you know, Christianity, religion, and I don't stand for any of that, right? It's not that I, I don't believe in a God or a higher power, but I don't, do I really want that attached to my videos? And that's something now that I really have to consider is monetizing my videos worth it to put out mixed messages or to put out messages in support of something that I really do not support. And don't take me wrong. It's not that I, I'm, you know, saying that people that are Christians or who are in religions are dumb or, you know, that there's a problem with them. It's just not where I resonate and I don't necessarily want that as a part of it. So then it really makes me feel um, it made me feel like I'm, I'm being authentic, right? That, that isn't authentic. So now I need to go back in and I'm going to remove all the ads from all the videos that I put up there. Luckily, I didn't do it to all my videos. I only did it to the ones that I had done since the day that I had become uh, able to do so, which, you know, maybe that's 10 or 15 videos. Seems like a lot to have to go back and do, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because it doesn't resonate with me to have that taken out of my hands, right? It's not like I got to say, you know, you can advertise for me if there's something about meditation or an app that, you know, helps us connect to add it, uh, to gratitude or to um, our higher selves uh, or to other, you know, uh, you know, metaphysical type topics. I, there was no choice for that. They just choose based on what they think your content is about. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So something that I'd striven, strived for, for five years, maybe <clears throat> a long time, something that I'd really strived for. And then I realized it isn't what it is. And then that sent me down a questioning, um, a questioning. I, I, I don't even know how else to put it, right? Questioning. And when you're not feeling authentic, when you're not feeling like you have an appreciation for yourself and for what you're doing, it is pointless to come on air, or at least it was for me to come on air and talk about anything, right? There was just no feeling on that day on Friday. This is last week. There was just no feeling that I had anything of worth to share with any of you because when you're deep in the pity potty or when you're deep in that, that place, uh, all you can see is the dark. And that is all I could see. I, that was all there was. Uh, it wasn't until uh, a talk with um, my daughters and friends uh, that I began to see things in a different perspective. So hopefully you're not all going through those kinds of dark nights or dark days. Uh, but if you are, understand that you do come out on the other end and that some of it might be about simplifying some of it might be about where you have attached yourself too deeply or too strongly to something that is inauthentic for you, or at least that's how it was in my case. And uh, anyway, so there's that. So we're watching out for that rigid opinion, stagnating, clutching on to things, trying to hold on to things. Um, and um, yeah, just let go, <laughs> let go, let go into gratitude. One of the things, interestingly enough, that came up out of all of this uh, is that my daughters and I have had a, a group, a messenger group since Brian died, really. Uh, Jennifer, maybe it was after that. It might've been a couple of months after that, that Jennifer, uh, my youngest daughter actually named uh, Raise, Raise Your Vibration. 
And it was just a private group where, you know, we talked about different things that inspired us or different, you know, readings that we came across. Because remember, Brian's death triggered a big awakening for the members of my family. And it was, it's an amazing process to watch. I wish it didn't have to happen because of that kind of a tragedy, but it's been an amazing thing to see and be a participant in. And they, they were, uh, at some point they changed the name of the, of the group. And I can't remember which daughter it was that did it, but we changed it from raising your vibration to desire to inspire. And we were thinking about this whole idea of inspiring. And I realized that's what I love to do. That's why I come on and do these shows. That's besides the fact that I want to keep people informed or, you know, translate my love of astrology or human design or metaphysics or spirituality to you. I liked the inspiration part of it. Right. So. I said to the girls, maybe, maybe we should take this and make it a group, do something bigger with it, rather than it's just you, me and Jennifer. Uh, let's do you, me, Jennifer, and you know, a few of our, um, between us, thousands of friends. And that is how desire to inspire came about. And I did invite a lot of you to come and join us because I had you as friends on my own uh, page, my own uh, Janet Hickox page. But if you did not get an invitation from us, I encourage you to go to Facebook and search in the groups for Desire to Inspire. It's a picture of a key on top of some stones in a very natural setting, uh, rocks and a tree, I believe. And, um, you know, participate with us in sharing what inspires you, right? Uh, today, I am actually starting a broadcast podcast to that page. Uh, on what is inspiring to us. My daughters will be there with me. It's going to be fun. <laughs> They're scared to death. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm an old pro, been there, done this for years. Uh, just follow my lead and you'll be fine. And today's topic is gratitude. And of course, there's an astrological basis for that. There's there's always a reason why the themes in your life come up, right? Both collectively and personally. Sometimes we know what it is. Sometimes we just don't. But there's a reason. Trust me when I say there is a reason. There is something going on in your chart, something in your human design that is encouraging a step in a new direction or uh, a raising of your energy into a new level. Uh, in this case, we have the nodes across Taurus and Scorpio, which encourage us as a collective to tap into on one end, simplicity and gratitude and um, really simplifying our lives around what it is that we value, seeing our value and our worth as something other than what we think we have to be, like what is true and authentic for us. And then at the same time, releasing the scorpionic baggage, right? That's the other end, the south node in Scorpio. So encouraging us to be more in alignment with our passion and what we're passionate about and release all the old, you know, stuff, stuff. So that is happening and it might take shape in each of your lives in a different way, right? Depending on where you have Scorpio, where you have Taurus in your charts, but we're all tapped into it in some way. 
And I'm seeing in the chat here, Debbie is having surgery this week. So Debbie, I just want to say on behalf of all of us who are listening now, but also who will listen in the hours after this, that we wish you luck. And I just know that this is a surgery that is really going to be life-changing for you in a very positive way. So we wish you well, sending you love and healing and a speedy recovery. And of course, good morning to everybody who's checked in. We have Tom, we have Kajella, we have JLo, Debbie, Pam Zaruba, Christine Buckingham, Amy D. And Christine says, I was wondering about you on Friday and hoping you were doing okay. Um, thank you very much, Christine. And good luck, Debbie, she says. Uh, everybody sending you healing energy. Uh, did I miss anybody? Amanda J. Good morning to you as well. And if I've missed you, I'm sorry, but hello to you. Amy D says, it's also not what most of your followers, it's also not what most of your followers are interested in. Exactly. Okay. You're talking about the different ads and so forth. Exactly right. So imagine my surprise when I started realizing what um, the ads looked like. Right. And, you know, I'm not real good at, you know, figuring these things out. There might be a way to figure that out and to say what I want as ads. Uh, if there is, I have not discovered that yet. But, you know, I'm a single girl here, uh, single business person. So I don't have time to chase down all of those little bits and tids, tidbits of things. I just don't. Um, and that kind of drives me crazy, too. And the easiest thing for me to do now is to remove the ads for the time being until I can figure that out or someone comes along and says, oh, here's how you do it. Um, and it's okay. It's okay because really there was only $6 in ad revenue sitting there. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that, but uh, it's just kind of funny. Uh, you're very welcome, Debbie. Hello, Ellen Mosier. It's good to see you. Uh, so, Let's go on. So any questions about the moon in Taurus or uh, the conjunction to Uranus, the square to Saturn or the sextile to Neptune, go ahead and put that in the chat there. Let's take a quick look at the week ahead. We have a, a pretty good week ahead for us. The oh, Over the weekend, the human design week changed. So we moved with the sun into the gate five, which is a gate of, of rhythm and habits, right? It has a distinctive energy around, you know, creating a healthy rhythm in your life, a healthy and establishing healthy habits around that rhythm in your life. Um, but it also ha has, in a sense, in, in human design, it can be a very big uh, source of OCD, <laughs> of obsessions and compulsions to do things. Uh, to get into this, you know, very stringent pattern of doing, but it is also very necessary for us to have healthy habits, right? To have healthy rhythms established in our lives. It, it gives structure uh, and meaning to what it is that we're doing. You know, it's great to have days sometimes where you have zero structure, right? where you, there's nothing on the agenda, uh, but too many days like that and you begin to you know kind of feel like oh you know i need to do something i need to have some more of my structure but on the other hand if you have too much structure it dampens down our creative energy so we need to find a balance here with the gate five of structure 
that has a rhythm, being in the right place and following a rhythm that's correct for each one of you, not one that is being fed to you by the outer world. So that might mean some of you wake early, some of you wake later, some of you are early to bed, early to rise, some of you are late to bed, early to rise, some of you are late to bed, late to get up following your own rhythm and structures as much as you can. And then the earth finds herself at the gate 35 this week, which I always, I kind of like the 35. It is a, I, I often, instead of calling it, it used to be called, oh, I call it the gate of the dabbler, right? Cause I always think of it as the, the Jack and Jill of all trades, someone who has a lot of experiences, a lot of talents um, that they can share with people. And sometimes I feel a, an affinity for this energy because I have so many different tools that I can use to help people, right? Different astrology tools, human design, the gene keys, soul alignment, uh, manifesting blueprints, and on and on, Pleiadian astrology. I can get into Mayan astrology. I can get into numerology. I mean, all these things are tools that um, a gate 35 would really find useful, right? Not necessarily just one thing. So it does kind of, the earth encourages us to take a sort of inventory of all of the things that we have as skills and gifts and talents, things that we we have experienced that others can benefit from when we uh, share, right? Sharing our experience with others. So share your experiences this week and do it maybe in a way, set a new rhythm, a new habit in your life, something that's sustainable, that is loving, that is inspirational to you, that is, um, and, and it could be just simply, I'm going to start a meditation practice, or I'm going to do some yoga, or I mean, anything, literally, I don't mean it to be just about your body or, you know, spiritual things, maybe the new healthy habit is eating, right? Some of us get so busy, we don't eat. And then when you do eat, you overeat. So maybe having a healthy established rhythm of when you feed your body or maybe even learning to tap into to the wisdom in your body. You know, part of my angst over the weekend was relieved by, of all things, a book. And this has happened so many times in my life. I don't even know why I question it. I don't really question it. I just, it's like right there. Uh, sometime about, oh, it was probably three months ago. I happened to get an email from Amazon telling me that I had, um, and I always forget about this, I pay a monthly fee so that I can download Kindle books for free. And I almost never do it because I just never think about it. But yet I got this email a couple months ago reminding me that that was a service that I've been paying for and maybe I should utilize it. So I went in and I downloaded, I don't know, two, three books and promptly forgot about them promptly forgot about them. You know, who has time to read? Certainly I did over the weekend. And I, uh, I was opening up my Kindle to play a game. That's what my intention was. And it was opened up to my library. And I saw this book, it said, from role to soul. And I was like, Oh, my God, where? So I clicked on it thinking it was an ad for a book. But it wasn't, it was a book I'd actually downloaded to my Kindle that I had never opened. And when I started reading it, it really cracked me open like nothing else had uh, since uh, I started, you know, feeling so so much anxiety last week. 
And it was such an interesting read. It's so interesting to see what kinds of things come up that inspire us, right? That that help us to see ourselves in a new way that can help us establish new healthy patterns or new rhythms in our lives that are supporting. And of course, the sun hadn't made that move yet into this gate. It actually did that on the 4th uh, yesterday. Oh my gosh, I haven't even turned my calendar. <clears throat> Still on November. So yes, the 4th was yesterday. So find some new rhythms, find some new patterns in your life. Also today, we have Mercury coming into a square with Jupiter. So we are we have Jupiter at the very last degree-ish of Pisces. And we have Mercury moving into the last degrees of uh, Sagittarius. And Sagittarius and Pisces are signs that square one another, right? So there's challenges coming on uh, between uh, Mercury, the mind, and how we communicate, and Jupiter, how we grow and how we expand. And when we have, you know, this kind of thing going on, sometimes, you know, our mind, we've set our, our, our plans into, into motion, right? We've established what is it we're going to do? What, how are we going to do what we're going to do? And then suddenly they get turned upside down. Um, problems, right? Things that you didn't expect pop up. And sometimes this happens when you have Mercury in a square to Jupiter because, you know, you're you're looking at wanting to grow and you're looking at that expansion in your consciousness and, in you know, you're doing this perhaps or you're being this. But Mercury is about the plan. Mercury is about how, you know, everything is set up in the mind. And sometimes then it's just, you know, time to debug instead of timing to start something new right? Time to maybe look at how could things come into a better shape, um, maybe sorting out something rather than starting something. As I say this tongue in cheek, as I'm starting a new broadcast this afternoon. <laughs> so I fully expect that we, I, I even said to the girls, let's try getting together, you know, 10 minutes early, just in case there's some kind of tech challenge or something. Uh, so it's interesting, Mercury squaring Jupiter, sort out all the bumps uh, and, and just be willing to go with it, go with the flow, right? Not to get caught up in. And remember this, Mercury is headed toward his next retrograde. So this is a great time before he gets into that shadow to, to really develop um, a plan or to develop things to look for the Achilles heels, if you will, in all of your systems or in the plans that you've laid, what might not be working to your advantage, uh, what might pop up um, that isn't something that you expected, right? And then, of course, you know, the moon is conjunct Uranus. We have to take that into consideration as well. Christine, great question. The new broadcast will be at 4 p.m. Pacific today, 7 p.m. East Coast time on Desire to Inspire. It is a Facebook group or community, I think they call it now. So you could just do a search for Desire to Inspire. We'll be broadcasting live directly to that page. And today's broadcast is all about gratitude. We actually developed, we, we went looking for different practices to enhance gratitude and some uh we came across maybe some unique things so we're going to talk about seven days of gratitude and how you can participate in that so desire to inspire facebook group 
at 4 p.m. Pacific. That's where we'll be broadcasting all about gratitude. And it's going to be fun because, you know, it gives me a chance to talk about something other than astrology. Not that I ever have a problem talking about anything and everything, but uh, I don't have the pressure to carry the show even though I feel the pressure today because the girls are new at this, but it's going to be kind of fun, something fun to do. Uh, but then the broadcasts, if you are someplace like Amanda over there in England, where it might be very late for you, the broadcasts will stay on that page. So you can always go back to the page or to the group and listen to the broadcast later. It's just going to be live today at four, but it will stay there on the group. All right, so also this week we have Mercury moving into Capricorn. That will happen, this whole week begins this shift into more Capricorn thinking, uh, Capricorn being. And then let's see, on Thursday, I think it is the 9th, <laughs> it would help if I changed my calendar, Friday, Venus will move into Capricorn. So we see the shift happening. So then I went tracking down, what is the gate? You know, that when we look at astrology, we know what Capricorn is about right? We, we know it's about duty and responsibility. We know it's really tapping into uh, the basics, the practicalities in life. It has a very distinct sense of wanting to get ahead, uh, of being able to plan for the future, um, to establish the groundwork or a foundation. But I wanted to know more about it, right? I wanted to go, okay, what are the, what are the human design gates? that we first come in contact with as Mercury and then Venus come into Capricorn. And what I discovered, and I knew this, and I don't know why it was such a surprise or a shock, is that the first gate in Capricorn is the gate of self-love, the gate 10, which sits on the identity center. So if you have your human design chart in front of you, it is either, it's a diamond shape that sits center, and it's either yellow or it's white, depending on whether you have it open or defined. Defined, it would be yellow. Open, it would be white. And it's the center for love and direction. And the gate 10 is one of the gates of love. There are four gates of love that sit on that identity center. The love of humanity or compassion toward fellow humans, self-love, uh, the love of spirit, and the love of the physical body or being in the physical world. So Capricorn energy takes us on a journey beginning with self-love. So the first gate that both Mercury and Venus and then the sun next two weeks later uh, is going to be about is seeing ourselves as the source of our creative power. The source of your creative power is in the love you have for yourself. So it really takes us into self-love and self-empowerment versus the opposite, which would be more like self-loathing or blaming uh, the outer world or circumstances or, or more broadly being a victim, right? Being a victim. So both Mercury and Venus will be moving into that gate. So first let's look at Mercury at the gate 10. So we, we know Mercury rules the mind and it rules what we say. So it has a lot of talkability to it, right? It's about the messaging. It's about how we say what we say as well as what we say right? So how we say it, what we say. And in the negative, in this gate, we sometimes call this gate the, the verbal gunslinger, so that words can be used more as swords rather than as, you know, flowers for peace or, you know, for empowering others. So we'll find ourselves with the planet of communication and the mind, 
at a gate that really can have a contentious point of view, it might remind us all, it certainly is a reminder for me about self-talk, right? About how is it that I'm talking to myself or what is it that I think about myself? How do, am I, you know, and I, I know you guys are like this too, right? That it's not just, it, it's not just me that has been struggling, I'm sure, with this idea of worthiness and value and um, recognize recognizing that I'm not always my own best friend, right? I, I know that's a theme going on through the, the collective as well, as we recognize we are sometimes undermining ourselves rather than supporting ourselves. And that can be in the mind, literally with the thoughts we're thinking. Um, but because Mercury rules communication, it could be about self-talk. And you know, I, I, I said something to one of my daughters about how I would never, never in a million years say to someone else some of the things that I had been saying to myself. I would never, I would never, I would just never do it. So why am I doing it to myself? So now we get an opportunity to really reevaluate what am I thinking about? How, how am I seeing myself as being lovable or loved or accepted or um, being worthy of receiving? All kinds of different things can come into play here, but it starts with the mind and then how the mind is directing thoughts about yourself to yourself, right? Because I guarantee none of us would intentionally go out sometimes and say the things to another person that we might say to ourselves, right? Shaming ourselves, blaming ourselves, guilt tripping ourselves, etc. So Mercury uh, gives, giving us the opportunities, he moves into Capricorn energy to see ourselves as loving, as worthy of love, um, as re remembering love as the direction and being more loving, kind, and generous, both in our thoughts and our words. And of course, then that leads to deeds, right? What we do. So uh, it's an interesting energy to have Mercury move into that. <clears throat> it's interesting to me because Capricorn has a lot of really, so when we look at Capricorn energy, and I, I got this energy, by the way, or these this information from my 2022 ephemeris uh, from Zen Human Design. And I also have 2023s, which is how I'm getting the information for the uh, upcoming uh, astrology or astro design 2023 webinar. So when we look at the gates that Mercury will be going through, we start out with self-love. Then we move into the gate of joy, the gate of blessings, vitality, love, love in, in action through joy. And then we move into a more struggling place, right? Then we start to move into a Capricorn's struggle, which is finding the right thing to stand up for or to be uh, willing to fight for. And the gate of struggle is really about choosing your battles wisely, like what's worthwhile, right? What's worth standing up for. And then he takes us into the gate 54, which is the gate of ambition. The 54, ambition doesn't do this gate justice. The 54 is really where we start all of our worthwhile journeys in this life right in the physical realm. And, you know, the most worthwhile journeys really begin with an ambition or with a goal, right? Or with a dream, a vision, 
right? So the gate really is a broader thing than just ambition, but Mercury will be moving us. And then Venus, of course, moving into this as well over time and taking us then on this journey of, you know, what is our journey? What is the next step in my journey? And then finally, through the end of the month, gets us into the gate 61, which is the gate of wonder and awe, the middle gate of the head center that moves down toward the uh, Ajna and the 61 uh, tapping into magical reality, bringing the magic into the real world, right? So that's Capricorn. All that's Capricorn. Capricorn, Capricorn. And of course, by then Mercury is headed into his retrograde station and will sit at the 61 for a while. So, you know, we, we have several days worth of um, contemplation around wonder and awe and magic. Right? And then Venus takes up the same trip, right? Venus begins the trip on the ninth uh, Friday, but Venus represents our relationships. Venus represents our love, right? Love um, of each other. Venus represents our values and our self-worth. And now we're going to take those things on the trip through first self-love. And what's the most self-loving thing that we can do for ourselves? For if you want healthy relationships, don't you have to have a healthy relationship with yourself? I would guess that's partly true, right? That the sense is in our relationships, we are often projecting outward right onto the people in our uh, lives, things that we are needing to see about ourselves. Although we, you know, we tend to see it through the, the lens of, you know, blaming someone else or, or thinking someone else is the problem or um, just projections, right. Of, of what we don't want to see that's true about ourselves. So Venus coming through here then gives us this opportunity to see ourselves through the eyes of the people who love us. Seeing yourself through the eyes of the people who love you, right? And what do they see that maybe you haven't seen about yourself or that you haven't validated yet as who you are? That's a great question. It also begs the question, how do you want to be loved? That's a another great question for us to contemplate as we see Venus at the end of the week, beginning to move through the gate of self-love and then on into the gate of joy and bliss and vitality. And then on into the gate of struggle. What's the struggle that what's worth fighting for, what's worth standing up and being counted for uh, and so on, right? So Venus taking our value, our worth and love and our relationships into the gates of self-love and in on through that Capricorn journey. I really want to say it's kind of an unexpected journey, right? I, I think when you, when you think of the fact that Capricorn is a sign that's ruled by Saturn and that Saturn as a generality is not very touchy feely, lovey kind of energy, right? He's more stern duty and responsibility, lay the template, do the work kind of thing, right? Do your due diligence, be responsible, be accountable. That's what we I think of when I think of Saturn. And it's true. That's what he represents. <laughs> so his rulership of Capricorn then seems almost like 
there's like a paradox going on here, a paradox between what, what you look at energetically in Capricorn through human design and what it would seem to represent if you look at Capricorn through the lens of Saturn, right? Saturn's rulership. But Saturn then must have a softer side, right? Saturn must have a softer side. And of course, when we talk about Saturn and we are often like relating him to karma and karma isn't always like negative. It isn't always you being punished for something. Karma can be reward. Karma can be um, recognition. Uh, it can be, you know, getting the to the fruits of, of your labors, right? Getting what you deserve based on what you've been doing or who you've been and how you've been sharing of yourself. But Saturn always just seems so taciturn. It's hard to sometimes come up with you know, Saturn words that are anything but duty, responsibility, and, you know, sternness, do your due diligence and all of that. Uh, but uh, through human design, we get to see Capricorn and even Saturn in a different light, which I think is a good thing, right? Maybe we can rewrite the script a little bit about what Saturn represents. Yes, he does represent duty. Yes, he is, you know, looking at how do we be more responsible, but he's also doing that through the lens of love, right? Doing that through the sense of being in, uh, being right with yourself. And as we move into the next week, um, we don't do this until Friday as well, the new human design week, we come into an interesting energy around integrity and um, being true to ourselves right? Integrity. So I, I don't want to talk about that too much in the context of the week ahead. But on Friday, when we talk, we'll talk about what does that mean to be in integrity? And um, anyway, so we have Venus and Mercury kind of laying some groundwork for the eventual move of the sun into Capricorn on the winter solstice. So the 21st, and then the sun lands at the gate 10, right? The gate of self-love kind of sense a theme for December here. And taking that theme and combining it with the North node theme, which is now changed into the gate 24, which is a gate of gratitude and blessings, rewriting the story, right? Taking the stories that we tell and, uh, <laughs> I can see how that gate played into my whole thing last week now, too, is that this, the nodes at 24 and 44. So in 44, that's where the south node is. That's what we're having to release. <clears throat> and that's a gate about patterns, literally patterns that we use to predict what comes next. And sometimes that's based on a fear that we have of the past repeating itself. So we, we have another key theme aligning us with letting go, right? Letting go, releasing baggage, and at the same time, releasing that baggage, but in the spirit of gratitude, right? And seeing the blessings in all of your experiences. And then being able to speak to that without blaming, shaming, cutting yourself down, making yourself wrong, um, being in, being in self-love, right? Being in self-love. So it's kind of a cool energy that we're looking at. Questions. I'm going to look at the chat here for a minute. Hello, Joan. 
Great to see you out there, Natasha Sad. I want to be there. That is the same time my show is live. We are talking about acceptance. Great words. Tom, duty. He, 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 he. I'm not sure why you're laughing at that. Tell us, let us in on the joke. Christine says, um, good morning. Or I'm right there with you, Janet. Uh, thank you. <laughs> That's a big theme, right? Um, Catherine Worcester, good morning to you. Uh, karma, cause and effect, Tom, duty. Again, he, he, he. I don't know what you're laughing at, Tom. Please tell me what the joke is because I don't get it. Uh, I'm being obtuse, apparently. All right. So uh, this morning, since we have a little bit of time, I think that's all I really had planned uh, to talk about. Um, yeah, I think there, that was pretty much all I had that I wanted to share this morning. So let's do some card reading, shall we? And I'm going to pull an animal spirit card and a Mayan card for us collectively, but I might have time to do a couple of card readings for you personally. So uh, if you would like a reading, I'll take the top two for now and maybe a third if I have some time left over. And let's get an animal card to guide us through the week. Uh, I'm sure. Oh, do do like poop. Oh my God, Tom. Duty. I get it. Which we would call dookie. Dookie. Ah, groundhog spirit. Time to let go. Card number 31. Groundhog spirit. Interesting, right? Time to let go. Card 31 is a four. And four is about boundaries even. And 31. And let's see what this card has to share with us. I don't know that we've ever gotten this one, guys. Groundhog spirit says endings lead to beginnings and death is a part of life. So groundhog spirit is here to let you know that it is time to accept the natural ending of something that is no longer serving you. We love to hold on to what is familiar, but the new needs space to arrive so growth can occur. When groundhog spirit appears, it is a sign there is something in your present situation that you need to let go of so that something new can be born, something that will far better serve you now. Hmm, I love this. When the groundhog sees his shadow, he retreats to his den. So too, might you yearn for a little more time to say goodbye and transition into the new. However, change is coming and it is good. So let go of your resistance. Spring brings many blessings and what must die will always be reborn in a new form that will be right for you. Life requires change and detachment. Say farewell to whatever once served you and get ready for something amazing to take its place. Spirit is already sending it your way. Ooh, Groundhog Spirit. Love that card. All right, let's do a Mayan card. Debbie, I will do one for you. And Catherine, Catherine, I'm not sure if you're saying you want a reading or not, but I can take two more or one more at least. Let's do a Mayan card. And my Mayan cards sometimes get very profound messages, right? I think they give us some bigger messages. And this one is a big message. Nuevo mito, new myth, new myth. So this is one of the lens cards. So it's going to take me a moment to find that one. New myth. Did you see how it kind of looks like the number eight? Or almost the Vesica Pisces symbol or, you know, the infinity symbol. Interesting, huh? 
And let's see, we want to go to the lenses. There's no number on that. Here we go. New myth. So the qualities of the sign or of the card are personal myth, meta myth, purpose, entering the big story, miracle on earth, new golden octave, a path of innocence and present moment. Powerful one. Child of the sun, you are being called to wakefulness to your place in the new myth. A great shift is coming for planet earth and the time is now. A new consciousness is being created by the children of the sun as they rise with the earth to a new place amongst the stars. A new harmonic of light and sound, a golden octave is being sounded on earth, ringing in the frequencies of ecstasy, union, and unconditional love. Child of the sun, why did you come to earth? You are the miracle of the new myth unfolding. You came to earth with a purpose, a plan, a master blueprint encoded in your feelings. Live in harmony with that plan. Open your world to the great mystery. You are being asked to view your experiences from a mythical standpoint so that you remember your connection to a larger pattern. Notice the metaphors and symbols of your daily life. The key to your personal myth is presenting itself. Your everyday world is infused with a vast mosaic of metaphorical meaning. Everything you do is relevant to the creation of your personal myth, as well as the larger meta myth. From now on, there are no more roadmaps, no more creeds, no more philosophies. From here on, your direction comes straight from the universe, moment by moment. This is the path of innocence, the path of trust. Here, each step is walked only once, and the universe only speaks in the voice of the present. Feel the key to the kingdom in your heart. Know that like the pole of the heavenly bodies, love is neither taken nor given, but discovered and allowed. No one is without love, for love is the force that holds the universes together. By simply embodying love, you are living the new myth that will create the wave home. Surrender to love and awaken, child of the sun. Love that one. That is a very powerful card. I knew it would be as soon as I saw it. All right. So, Debbie, me, me, please. All right, Debbie. Um, Debbie, I'm going to pull you a Pleiadian Wisdom Oracle card. And what is it that you need to know? That's kind of just the way that I am going to ask the question for you. What is it that Debbie needs to know? And I don't know, do any of you guys find this deck kind of awkward to hold in your hand? just almost on the edge of too big, but I just love the messages that come in here. I guess I could do this a different way. Ah, oh my God. Debbie, the card is manifestation abundance, but look at the symbology, right? It's very similar to this one, this one on its side. How can I do that so everybody can see it? There we go, right? Kind of interesting. Uh, it's called Manifestation Abundance, and it says abundance comes from making correct choices that resonate with everything the universe wants you to have. It's a beautiful card, beautiful card. Number seven has a very spiritual message, I'm sure. And Manifestation, is that further on? Okay, here's what it says. 
underneath manifestation, it says in Lakesh connection. The spirit of in Lakesh creates connection with others and the cosmos. So Debbie, manifestation requires intentional connection to the energy of whatever you want to manifest. Good health, I'm thinking. Ease and flow of the surgery and your um, recovery. Source holds all universal possibilities. And when you intentionally connect to those potentials, everything is possible. If you doubt that everything is possible, you are not connected through your heart to universal and cosmic wisdom. You have the power within you to manifest whatever you want through being connected in the moment to both the energy present and the energy of what you wish to manifest. You must recognize the connection to manifest what you want. The term in Lakesh literally means viewing everyone else as, quote, I am another yourself, end quote. In other words, you are connected to everyone and everything. Through in Lakesh, all perspectives fit together naturally into a whole, like puzzle pieces connected to a great, to create a more holistic view of reality. Connecting in this way can manifest a more highly functional culture. Working together brings true connection and the ability to manifest whatever you need. So the energy of universal eight is about connection and abundance. Living in the spirit of in Lakesh naturally connects you to all possibilities, making abundant manifestation swift and easy. I love this card for you, especially the fact that you're going into surgery today. So there's that. Catherine Worcester, I'm going to choose a deck for you and... This will be from the Angel Guide Oracle by Kyle Gray. So an angel is waiting to speak with you, to send you a message of love, of light, of happiness, of what do you need to work on? Um, holy love. Holy love. Isn't that a beautiful card? Look at the spiral at the top, the halo beautiful face, holy love, holy love. I don't think we've ever pulled this card either. So let's see what that means. It says, you are blessed to receive this card today for it shows you are being surrounded by loving energy and the cup of your heart will be filled until it overflows with goodness. The angels who are now are who are with you now know that at times you can feel unloved and unappreciated, and this can block your experience of love and appreciation. The divine energy that's surrounding you at this time is there to help you melt away any blockages so that you can be open and receptive to the love and appreciation that you deserve. Your angel guide is encouraging you to view yourself in a loving way and to give yourself permission to be loved. If you have been holding back for a while but are now ready to share the love you have within, this card brings the message that it is safe for you to do so. Angels of love are gathering around you in awe and celebration for you are finally willing to remember how loving and lovable you are and heaven is guiding you to see that you deserve loving relationships, loving experiences and loving acceptance from the world around you. This card marks a milestone in your own self-awareness. It acknowledges the steps that you have taken to claim your worth and to recognize that you deserve to be loved and respected and to feel good. It also acknowledges a new level of spiritual oneness, which draws even more divine love from your angels and the creator. 
You are loved beyond your wildest dreams by the power and the presence that created you. And through receiving and acknowledging that love, you will create even more loving experiences in your life. That's a great card too. Holy love. Holy love. Hmm. I think that's a message for all of us. I, I, I can never stop kind of picking up that the messages are for all of us, not just for Debbie or just for Catherine, um, but all of us. So, all right, that is it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Um, don't forget this afternoon, 4 p.m. on Desire to Inspire's Facebook page or Facebook group, we'll be talking about gratitude. And as well, if you miss that, no big deal because it is recorded and placed right there for you to be able to listen to later. Um, I will see you on Friday. There is something else. I, oh, don't forget, tickets are still available for the Astrology of 2023 webinar. And with that comes the free astrology report, which turns out to be more. I thought it was 80 pages. The personal part of the report is 80 pages plus 12 calendar pages, one for each month of the year. And of course, your chart that comes with it just for buying your ticket. That's it. Take care. Bye. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.